As you heard in Children's Moment last week, um, we named Hill as our first theme for our Vacation Bible School series. We're using that to guide our worship each Sunday. Um, Operation Restoration, Mending God's World. And we asked a question coming out of the text for that story. Is there ever a time when mercy is not appropriate? Today, Peter asks a very similar question. Is there ever a time when forgiveness is not appropriate? Peter throws out a number. How many times do I forgive? This many? Jesus throws out a number, another number, kind of showing that the number's not really the point. But then we get this parable that seems to imply that, yes, on God's part, there is a time when forgiveness is not appropriate. I'm going to be reading from Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. And his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. And his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So just a little background. Um, this parable, this story, this question from Peter that we have, it comes as the last of the series of five explicit instructions that Jesus is giving to his disciples regarding what is required in the faith, um, we'll say logistics, of a community committed to following him in the way of the cross, the way of self-denial, in which life is gained only by losing it. And those beginning verses, 
where the number seven and 77, where those numbers are thrown about, Jesus is pointing Peter and his disciples and us back into the story of scripture. In Genesis 4, 23 and 24, there's a man named Lamech who is wronged, and he says to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of, La of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain was avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech 77-fold. How many times should I forgive? Seven times? No, Jesus says, forgive 77 times. Jesus pulls us back into this story where seven and 77, where they point to moments of hurt and hate and revenge. And he puts a twist on it. To reverse this revenge cycle found in Genesis. And instead, he says, if one story invites us to hold on to hate and hurt, I'm going to invite you to release it. A reminder um, that as we did say last week, uh, we read our story of faith through the lens of Jesus. We can never just kind of hold one verse on its own. We hold it all with this entire overarching story of faith. And what's funny to me, if you look back at Genesis 4, in my Bible anyway, that section says... Uh, the beginning of civilization. Um, we struggle from the beginning, right, um, to coexist, to practice community, and we'll get back to that in a moment. Last time I preached this at Parkway Hills, and any time I preach it, I repeat um, something, and I think it's always worth repeating, because this is one of those passages, especially that first discussion with Peter and Jesus, um, that's been used in harmful ways. It's been used to justify women staying in abusive marriages um, or to say that we should allow others to continue to hurt us. This is not what Jesus is saying or means. Your life uh, is valuable to Jesus and no one should stay in a relationship or situation that causes you harm. Being able to forgive individuals is important. Holding on to hate and hurt hurts us. People can change, and we have to hold all of that. But what Jesus is lifting in this passage is a way of life that the body of Christ takes on together, creating a community that coexists as confession, forgiveness, reconciliation, this continual process. So back to the story. This past week, I was really searching for some tangible way um, to help us feel the emotion, not just in Peter's question, but in that parable that Jesus says, to take us to that place that the story is trying to get us to, especially around debt, um, the challenge, really, that Jesus is naming. And I remembered something. Um, I don't want to debate, to debate it. I'm not going to share my thoughts or say who I think is right or wrong, but I think it's the perfect way um, in 2023 to maybe rename this parable for Jesus or help us think about the emotion tied to it. Think back to the announcement of President Biden's college debt forgiveness plan. Just go back there. Remember the headlines? 
the news stories, the commentators, the comments on social media, the tweets, the deep, deep, deep emotion tied to this. I mean, y'all, people had some thoughts on this, right? Right? I'm sure you had some thoughts about this. From those who were either receiving the debt forgiveness or the possibility of it, those who were not either because you didn't have any debt or you had worked hard to pay your debt off. This one thing takes us to the heart of this passage. This one moment in time takes us to this discomfort we have with forgiveness. Our own ideas about when forgiveness is justified or not justified. Who gets to receive it? If I didn't receive it, why should they? Really, this, this is really the same thing we named and we wrestled with last week when we asked, is there ever a time when mercy is not appropriate? Maybe all of this, Peter's question, the parable Jesus tells, maybe all of this just points us to a deep truth. We struggle. You and I struggle. Humanity struggles with mercy, compassion, forgiveness. We struggle to really release our own wants and desires, our own needs, and look to the other. We struggle with not putting ourselves first. We struggle when it appears that someone may be getting away with something. We struggle with not going to that place where we think, but how will this affect me? I will say, I take heart, and you should too, because in our story of faith, uh, for while it calls for us to have a better way, live a better way, Jesus does not expect us to be perfect even though i know yes if you read there is a time where he says be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect but we're going to push that to the side and save that for another day i think jesus gets it and jesus gets it because jesus was a jewish person of faith who knew the scriptures who recited them specifically the psalms and the psalms hold the wealth of human emotion in the book of Psalms, we find words like forgive us and thank you, as well as stick it to them, God. Don't let them off the hook. Psalm 25, 7, please, remember not the sins of my youth. While if you jump to 28, it says repay them according to their deeds. In fact, according to one commentary I was reading, there are five Psalms where you can find both of these things just in one Psalm. And what's so wondrous about our story of faith is that the Holy Spirit moved those compiling the story to include it all, not one or the other. So here's what I want to lift today about this passage. This discussion between Peter and Jesus about 7 and 77, this parable about an unforgiving servant that creates a little discomfort in us because it ends with this verse, so my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you who, if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Maybe, just maybe, this whole section is not so much about 
whether or not we should forgive or how many times, but Jesus inviting us to wrestle with the limits to our own forgiveness, to wrestle with how we even understand forgiveness. What's its purpose? Is it for us? Is it for the other person? Is it both? The parable would surely imply that our forgiveness of others can either set them free or hold them in a place of torment, especially when it comes to issues of debt. How do we practice it? Is there a time when the forgiveness is not appropriate? Or, as Peter is really asking, under what circumstances, Jesus, can I withhold forgiveness? I guess then the question must become what limits would we want placed on receiving forgiveness ourselves? One thing I do know, when Jesus speaks, um, Jesus is speaking about community, a called out people, a people gathered and claimed by God, a people who choose to live together in a different way a people mending God's world by the way they choose to be in the world. And our own ability to forgive or not forgive, we model not only how we treat others, but how we handle the mistreatment of others. Do our actions, our words, our activity on social media, the way we conduct ourselves at sporting events, do these things clarify or hurt our identity? Will it bring us closer to fulfilling our purpose, or will it lead us away from it? What we're being asked a question is how do the words and teachings of Jesus play a part in the world I am asked to help create? Am I aiding in mending God's world by participating in a way of living that says, you know what, we're tired of hatred and violence and terror. We refuse to accept what is when we know what can be. To proclaim that our good news is this. We're a people united in the sacrificial life of Jesus, here to proclaim that our world needs a lot more people who dare to love and forgive across differences, despite the risks that we've had enough of the fear and violence and hate that has gotten us nowhere, that we're here to offer hope, hope in the form of the love and forgiveness of Christ, that we're going to help create a world we know can be. Maybe that's really what we're supposed to picture at the end of the parable. Not so much this eternity of torment if somehow we don't live up to the challenging life of the way of Jesus, but the reality that choosing to forgive offers us and the world one way of being. It gives us one world. And choosing not to forgive, choosing hate and revenge and animosity, choosing to hold people in a debt they cannot meet, gives us a different world, another way of being. Maybe the truth Jesus is speaking is that sometimes 
sometimes we create our own torment because we just can't get to that place to let go, to trust that Jesus offers the better way, to forgive, to release, to move on, to maybe let somebody get away with something we don't think they should get away with. You know, next week, um, because we know the challenge of these first two Sundays, next week our theme will be prayer as a way we mend God's world, um, meeting God, meeting one another in prayer. But now as we close out this time, let us go to God in prayer. Let's pray.